Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the show. We are the Franchise Players with my very bold partner, J.P. Mundy. I am Ryan Stone. We have a great show lined up for you today. J.P., it's almost like we have something big to talk about or something like that this week. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, regarding Memphis football's guest at spring practice and, of course, all the stuff going on at Memphis. So I'm let's dive right into that. That <laughs> I thought I thought we were going to start the show with the slap heard around the world. We're not doing that. I we're not talking about that at all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's been look, talked to death. Uh, look, I, we, yeah. we we know what time it is. It, it's it's the biggest. I'm just going to go ahead and make the proclamation. And our producer uh, Desmond Johnson is uh, is joining us for this uh, for this segment today. I'm just going to go ahead and make the proclamation. Saturday night. At about 8.49 is the scheduled tip-off time, maybe like 9 o'clock. It's going to be the biggest game in the history of college basketball. You can't change my mind. I don't think there's any argument against it. This will crush any ratings we've ever seen. This is the biggest game in the history of college basketball. And I'm watching WrestleMania. I don't care. That's your that's your You don't want to watch one of WrestleMania over Carolina Duke? in the final four you can, you can watch, watch WrestleMania it probably <laughs> that's what my probably is, not yeah. i'm just going probably all the good not. stuff's on I day mean, two anyway yeah that's, that's i don't understand why you'd watch day one <laughs> so i mean unless you really need to see bianca belair versus uh sasha banks live i, I mean i don't think uh <laughs> i don't think you'll be missing too right. much ryan okay. why is why is desmond here <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> so <laughs> Desmond is joining us for, for this segment because he wanted to, for one thing. Um, we decided to, to unmute the mic. He's always on the headphones. Um, ah, so I, gotta, hey, can I, come on? I gotta give Desmond his uh, his credit for this though, because <sighs> when in mid-February, when it seemed like it was all I don't know why everybody thought it was all bad necessarily for Carolina. They got they got beat down in one game and everybody thought the world was falling apart. Uh, I don't know if that's because of the NCAA, the bubble stuff or, or whatever, but there were a bunch of people saying that Hubert Davis wasn't the right. I saw plenty of Carolina fans saying this. Hubert Davis was the wrong hire. Maybe he's too nice to be a head coach. Yada, yada, yada. I never heard Desmond say that as a Carolina fan, so I have to give him credit for that. I, I never, I never, uh, I mean, I've been a Hubert Davis fan to be the coach Lana, for like the past six or seven years. I just kind of felt like that was the succession plan. I never understood those that championed Wes Miller or anybody else uh, to be the head 
coach at Carolina because those to me were people that didn't understand the quote unquote Carolina way or the, what Duke was doing. Well, I, I, you know, back to our, when we discussed this last summer, my my deal was always that um, my own personal preference for any for any basketball team is. Uh, to have somebody with head coaching experience. So, you know, that would just be my preference. Now, Hubert has done an excellent job. And like I've mentioned on social media many times, he should be a finalist for National Coach of the Year for the job he's done. I think he – I was going to say – that was the next thing I was going to say. I think he should be the National Coach of the Year. But it might be – it might be too late in terms of the hay being in the bowl. I don't don't know when the voting takes place. or I don't even know if he's even a finalist. I do know they're a finalist for National Player of the Year. I don't know I don't if they know do if the coaching. Yeah. I, don't know if uh, I will say that, uh, to me, head coaching experience is overrated, especially when you've sat at the, the foot of a legend for nine years and played under another legend for four years uh, at that institution. To me and Carolina fans, it was more about you have to bring in a guy that's ingrained in the program. Like, we learn the hard way. When you bring in somebody that is attached to the program in some way, like played for them or something to that effect, and then left, you're going to have a lapse for two or three years where that guy's trying to institute their way into what Carolina does. We didn't want to go that route. We wanted someone that was going to stay the same path that Dean, Roy, Gut all did, and Hubert was the the really the only choice when you look at it in that manner. Uh, sits at the foot of Roy Williams for nine years, coaches the JV squad, head recruiter. Like Literally, Hubert was able to seamlessly come in and take over the squad and put his own fingerprint on it. Now, not having the head coach experience gives you January for Carolina, where they're having you know 20-point losses to Miami and Wake Forest and looks like they're not even playing defense. And you're watching Hubert figure it out live in real time on the fly, which we normally don't get a chance to see. Um, and we're used to Carolina coaches being extremely stubborn. They're stuck in their ways. They're going to do what they do. <laughs> It's proven to be winning, so they're going to do that. Hubert's not like that. Hubert's the first Carolina coach that I can think of that's not stubborn and is willing to change and adapt. And he, has, and he, he also he also he takes he also takes timeouts. That's he uses his timeouts. He, he recognizes he has them and he and he uses those accordingly. And uh, we appreciate that too. But I'm just I'm really proud of Hubert and what he's done. And I wrote a short article on SportsConnemonthly.com regarding this. It's a story that I feel like's been buried in the lead. Uh, with everything going on in college basketball this year, Hubert Davis is the first African-American head coach in North Carolina basketball history. And people ask me why I go so hard for Hubert. It's the same reason why I went so hard when Barack Obama was president of the United States. Like it, for me being an African-American in America, seeing someone like Hubert that looks like me coaching a team that has been my favorite for over 40 years and succeeding with them, having unprecedented success with them, it just it 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 just it it it's a, a feeling I can't really express properly, but just I'm just so proud of the job he's done. So whenever you see me going hard for Hubert Davis, uh, or, or or going after people that are saying you know it's the coaching or whatever, that's part of the reason why. Like it kind of hits a nerve with me. Where it's funny you mentioned Chris Rock earlier uh, in the segment, but Chris said it best in a I think the last stand up he had where uh, I've carried the quote with me. Black people have to fly to spots that white people can just easily walk to. And I've I've applied that to Hubert this year where he's had so much scrutiny thrown on him almost unfairly in the very beginning for a first-year head coach. And you look at his resume now that the season is coming to an end. I mean, 
<laughs> one of four ACC coaches to win 20-plus wins in his first season. He's the first head coach to get to the Final Four in his first season since Bill Guthridge in 98. They finished second in the ACC. With By the way, that's not even a fair thing. Like the night comparing the ninety eight team that ninety eight team to this team, like yeah, yeah. That, that, that's not the that, that's not the same coaching job that Hubert's done. <laughs> I think J, I think JP could have took that Carolina team to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. Carter, and Antoine was, Jameson, Matt it, was, it was so crucial for <laughs> Hubert to succeed, and I'm so happy he did for the very reasons that that Des is is talking about because. If he had not succeeded, there would have been so much extra ridiculousness dumped mm-hmm. on Hubert that he didn't yeah. deserve. And so to see him kind of thumbing thumb his nose without thumbing his nose at <laughs> at, at at everyone and you know and make it to the final four is, is just a a great thing for college basketball and for heck maybe just entertainment in in general i mean it's a high profile gig that he you know almost seamlessly walked through and so you know hats off to him do you think that um cuz you mentioned earlier ryan that this could be the highest watched college basketball game of all time i know the the number one game is the michigan state indiana state bird magic game in 79 back when we all only had like four channels that's yeah do you think that uh that's going to affect it with it being on tbs it might because I, I do know I, I had this experience yesterday actually so that's a really good point. Um, a, a, a friend of my parents, uh, he evidently I guess whatever streaming service he use, uses he doesn't have TBS so he couldn't find. He's a Duke fan he couldn't find the last Duke game to watch it uh, because it was on TBS. So yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, I don't know you know I forget about the bird the bird magic game and that's that obviously was so impactful for so many reasons. It might not top that game. Um, I still think this is a bigger game than that, though. Like, I, I get why people will ride for that, but I still think when you have this rivalry that's so historical, and they've never even met in the NCAA tournament, and they meet in the Final Four, and it's Coach K's last season, like the story, and Hubert's first season. Yeah, it's the the storylines almost write themselves for this. Do you know what's not being talked about, Ryan? I'm interested to see what you say about it. This lineup that Hubert's working with, with the exception of Brady Manick, is the same lineup, the same group of people that retired Roy Williams. Yeah, it's the like, same group. I they ca- they the caused group. him to hate basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was so much that. I don't know He's still in the game watching it, though. <laughs> yeah, he's still following around from arena to arena across the country. I think I it think – I think they. I think they. I think he would tell you they frustrated him to death, um, and that's that's a fair thing to say because I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, it was time for Roy to go. It, it had been a couple of years. Yeah, it, it was, it was the right time. I yeah. agree with that. Um, I do think they frustrated him though. Now I think retirement was probably already on his mind, and that's that the thing. when you, when you start thinking retirement, that means yeah. it's time to retire. And like, I think he was already thinking it maybe in 2020, he just didn't want to leave on a COVID year where there was no crowds or anything else. Uh, with K K's doing it, it. I don't think he's doing it on purpose, but it's, it's coming off. Like he wanted this last year to get all the flowers thrown at him from them. I, what I think, I think it was more about like, he saw this roster and yeah. it was like, this is my chance. But see, I, I'm looking at the roster, and I'm just like, how is this roster any more well, better than any of the rosters he's brought in the past six years? Like, well, I mean, I mean, he's he's older. 
So, I mean, you know, other other things have happened with his health. He's had a couple issues with his health this year. Yeah. I, think, I think that's got something to do with it. Something else that, like, JP got me thinking, and that was also a point I was going to make, that Hubert has had success with the same team that has frustrated the crap out of Roy. But on the other side of it, like, <laughs> this, this meeting has – it's almost drowned out that Coach K has won 100 NCAA tournament games. And yeah. that, that's not getting enough talk because, like, that we'll never see that again, I don't think. And when you factor it in, like, and do the math, like, Coach K has been at Duke for, what, 42, 43 years? 42. Something like that. When you do the math, like, he's averaged a Sweet 16 trip every year of his career when you do the math. Like, that's that's insane. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and I mean, they and they were terrible for like his first three or four years. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this though: there, to me, there is a bit of a. Uh, we talked about this last week on the rundown uh, when we were trying to figure out who the goat of college basketball coaching was. And me and Larry Frank, we kind of love. We decided on John Wooden because the numbers for K, you can make a comparison to Coach K to LeBron James, and by that I mean. In the end, LeBron's going to own all the records. He's going to be the points leader. He's going to lead in rebounds. He's going to lead in all this stuff because he played for so long at such a level. That he's just going to own all the records. But it depends on what you qualify as your definition of GOAT. Like, is GOAT the guy that just leads all statistical categories? If that's the case, then K is by far the, the greatest coach in basketball history or college basketball history. But if GOAT, in your, in your definition and mine, is what were you at your peak compared to your competitors? Were you so far ahead of your competitors at your peak of your run that they recognized how great you were? Or was there a question? And at that point, that levels the conversation for who the greatest college basketball coach is. Because to be honest, the past decade should have been Kay's peak with the amount of talent that he had coming into Durham. They probably should have more than just one ring for that. Now I get it. You know, it's a crapshoot in the tournament. Luck injuries all that stuff comes yep. into play but when you've got teams like 2019 where you've got three dudes that go in like the top 10 of the nba draft and you can't get past the elite eight you have to put that on k's resume like they do it to dean so i mean you have I mean, to do the same thing with k i agree i mean i even you know not even just the 2019 team but the the bagley team too uh was that, like when they lost to the that was the, that was a more heads bigger head scratcher to me because in that overtime like Bagley dominated that game down the stretch. And in that overtime, they just stopped going to him for whatever reason. I think he touched that the ball. Team. I don't think they liked each other. If I remember. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, and, it, it and seemed like the he only touched the ball one time in that overtime. One and done I do remember that. Yeah, see, that's kids that aren't getting along. I, I, <laughs> like, I'm not giving you the ball. Look, wait, now, look, when you talk about – it's the same thing when we talk about um, the LeBron James against other players and we talk about the 92 Dream Team versus modern Dream, dream Teams. It's different eras. So you had Wooden where a freshman couldn't play, but everybody stayed for three years. And, you know, he had a bag man making sure that his, <laughs> that his starters were well taken care of. You know, uh, Dean Smith and uh, Mike Krzyzewski – you know, played oh. in different eras or coached in different well, eras. I and, think the uh, fact, like, kind of to what JP's saying, also, like, who were the great coaches that Wooden was going up against? Because I can name quite a few that Coach K went up against, and that's that's where it kind of – it's a little different to me in terms of their eras. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I guess you could say, like, Fog Allen was around during that time. And see, none uh, of those guys, like, Fog Allen. After Allen. Like – Rupp, 
Like yeah, yeah, right. none of those guys are like Dean Smith or Bob Knight or Roy Williams. Or hell, Dean was coaching during that time. He just couldn't win a title. Or, uh, I mean, but there was like there have been so many great coaches that like Coach K has gone against, and that's that's part of why he hasn't won as many titles. But that's some of the college college basketball wasn't of the magnitude that it no. is. Now, no, the I mean, NIT and, used to be a big deal. Different, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even dunk when 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 Wooden yeah. was winning national titles, you couldn't dunk in a game. True. And plus another thing too, you talk about K winning a hundred NCAA uh tournament games. The, he he had more opportunity. You know, they expanded the league or expanded it in eighty five. Wooden only had to win like four games a year to be the, the champ. Yeah. If Wooden had to go through you know, six wins, he'd have considerably more wins too. Same for Dean, like most of his career. I, agree. I mean, I, I agree with that, but you also, you can say that they'd have considerably more, but wouldn't also might have less titles. I don't know. He still had more talent than everybody. Like, I mean, yeah, damn, but, but you play that, that one or two extra games, you get the chance where you don't show up and you get tripped up. I mean, it happens. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's all that comes with the what if. I mean, yeah. that's why it's like it's hard for me when you try to find a coach that's like the goat. That's the hardest conversation for me to have because with oh, players, they they I mean, could actually control like how you view them in terms of that conversation. With coaches, it's a little different because, like you said, you're going across multiple eras. I don't know if we're going to see a coach coach 40 years ever again, you know, like or at the same spot. It's it's harder to to do. To me, it comes down to, all right, I'm 50 years old. I've seen a lot of head coaches, watched a lot of basketball. You know, what coaches would I want drawing up the last play for a national championship for my team? I have three guys on that list and only three guys. I have Kay, Dean Smith, Bob Knight, the end. That's who I trust in the huddle when the game in a national championship is on the line. That's it. I'd maybe I, throw Jay Wright in there. I was going to say Jay Wright too, actually. Give That's him it. a couple more. Give him a couple more. And by the way, you've been asking for flowers for two weeks, Desmond. Yeah, at least give me and Ryan some credit for for being on the Jay Wright train during our really really bad basketball tournament preview, where we actually only won three games, but they were all won <laughs> yeah. by Jay Wright. So you want me to give you credit for for Jay Wright being awesome. going to be in his third Final Four in the past six years? Hey, I, I just I've said I'll do it. I just said all tournament. You don't bet it. Don't bet against Jay Wright. Mark. You did. You did. And we <laughs> did. I think Villanova was in my my the separate bracket. I did. Um, I think I had Villanova coming out of there. Uh, Villanova's weird because they're kind of set up like Carolina, where they're only running like six and a half kids. So I mean, I'm kind of hoping Villanova's yes. there at the end. Well, Villanova's only got six now because they lost more. On Saturday, on Saturday or Sunday. See, so All I mean, right. they're, they're literally playing with five kids. So I, I got well, one look, more look, thing. No, nah, we got We got to take a break here. No, 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 because- no. I got one more thing. <laughs> I got one more thing. I got to say. We got a few minutes here still. I got one more thing. All right. That is going to upset both fan bases, and I'm oh, sorry ahead of time. Great, great. <laughs> I'm sorry to like, but. Whoever wins that Kansas-Villanova game, which I think is going to be Kansas because of how shorthanded Villanova is at this point, they have a significant advantage over whoever wins the Duke-Carolina game oh, in the national championship. You're, yeah, you're not telling us anything we don't know. Like, I, I, mean, I don't know if people realize I don't know if people realize that or not. Like, but the, the amount of like emotion and effort and heart, whatever corny other term you want to throw in there, uh that's going to go into that game and it being the late game on Saturday night, like it's going to be hard for the, either one of those two teams to bounce back on Monday night. 
Yeah, I, actually, I kind of expect Kansas to win the whole thing based off of exactly what you just said. Uh, I don't know. Duke, people forget how young Duke is. Like, they're going to have to bounce back from off of this game on Saturday yep. and try to do that against Kansas. For Carolina, they're an older team, but they have the same issue as Villanova. They're not deep. And if they have to – now, I have said the ACC tournament format doesn't suit Carolina very well. We got to play back-to-back-to-back to win. The yeah. late tournament format does. And they did this all year where they play on a Saturday afternoon and then they turn around and play on a Monday night. And they were fine throughout the whole year. They get that day of rest in between. I think Carolina, Kansas would be interesting, although I, I would give a slight edge to Kansas there. I think both teams would rather have Villanova on Monday night <laughs> yeah. than, uh, than Kansas. Um, and I think if Villanova is sitting there, whoever wins the game Saturday between Carolina and Duke may come back to Carolina with some hardware. That's Yeah, I think if they get that break – then yeah, I would agree that might uh, might end up being the case. Anyway, now we have to go ahead and pay some uh, pay some sponsors. <laughs> Desmond, appreciate you uh, joining us. We've got a special guest uh, joining us in the uh, in the next segment. Stay tuned here on Franchise Players. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Franchise players on this uh, this Friday, and of course, uh, it is uh, it depends on uh, I guess who you're a fan of, and if you're a fan of the two teams playing uh, from Tobacco Road tomorrow night in the Final Four. For some, it might be doomsday uh, with the anxiety of uh, waiting for uh, for tomorrow's game. We've got a special guest joining us for this segment, uh, former Duke star Daniel Ewing, uh, joining us here on Franchise Players. He was uh, at Duke in 2001 to 2005, an all-ACC selection, ACC tournament MVP, and played on the uh, the Final Four team in 2004. And got to kind of start with a funny story. Uh, we were trying to uh, – I was trying to get – see if we could get uh, a Carolina player uh, to, uh, to come on for this segment as well, just to kind of have a, a little bit of, uh, of back and forth. So uh, we had texted a couple guys that we had connections with, couldn't get in touch with anybody. So I asked, I asked Daniel. Uh, if, if there was anybody he was close with that he wanted to, uh, to do this with. And his answer really cracked me up because it was, man, heck no, not for uh, not for this game. <laughs> he was, and he was laughing when I when I said it, but I thought it was a uh, a really funny response. And uh, and I guess, you know, really indicative of how big this uh, this game is coming up on Saturday, Daniel. Uh, yeah, this is uh, like this is not like any other Carolina Duke game. Uh, yeah. This is, I think, by far the biggest Carolina Duke game that's that's been that's been that's going to be played to to date. Uh, and they've, we've had some great rivalries. Uh, both schools have had some great victories, you know, against the other school. And we've had great players make great plays, you know, throughout the history and tradition of this game. But this right here, this is uh this is something totally different. You know, Daniel, Coach said th- this week that you can't approach a Final Four game like it's a rivalry game. So how do you think Coach K is actually going to uh, uh, approach this weekend with his team? Uh, I think he's going to approach it like he's, he's approached it in the past. You know, we're dealing with the tournament, uh, dealing with Final Four appearances. It's, 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 it's win or go home, right? You know, with, with your regular – do Carolina games in the regular season, you know, 
it's, it's basically, you know, you want to win every time you play play those guys and vice versa on their end. But at the same time, it's never uh, this type of what's on the line is never on the line like it is here. Uh, this is a chance to go play for a national championship. And uh, the story is even uh, sweeter for Duke on the Duke side because it's Coach K's last season and everyone knows that. So that that puts a lot more emphasis on this game, you know, for both teams. They, you know, Carolina, I'm pretty sure, are, are hoping to repeat uh, kind of messing up the celebration and, and you know, and, and Coach K's farewell season by, by beating us again. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, it'd be a different different situation for, you know, for us on on this game. How much, I mean, you've played, you've played in the Final Four and you've played in, in these these games, the Duke Carolina games. But with it being, you know, Coach K's last season, how much how much pressure are these Duke guys under going into this game? Uh I mean, I can't I can't say that they're not under pressure. There's definitely a pressure. I think uh I think that's one of the reasons why uh taking nothing away from Carolina. I think that's one of the reasons why uh the guys had a disappointing uh, turn out the final home game for Coach K because of all the hoopla, all the all the you know all the media attention, the pressure, uh, and it's a young team and these guys had they don't have anyone that's been there before that that can tell you know tell them how this how these type of situations uh, how they go and how to handle them and so I think that got the best of us uh, the first that the last home game for Coach K I think it'll be a lot better because they understand uh, more this time around what's at stake. Uh, and and how to handle it. They'll be you know they've had that that one experience, so they they have a better better understanding of how to handle it, how to handle this stage now. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely going to be some jitters and some and a little bit of pressure to start the game. Daniel, uh, one of the things that Ryan and I have talked about in the last couple of weeks with regard to Duke is we we harken back to that game at Cameron, and they kept on showing the crowd shots of uh, all the former players sitting in the bleachers. And, you know, I, I forgot who it was. Ryan remembers. Somebody said that they need one of those guys that's sitting <laughs> in those bleachers on the floor right now. They need they need that dog. Do they have it now or are they still in search of that one guy that'll bring it all together? I think they have really a talented team. And I think Jeremy Roach has been phenomenal uh, in their run thus far in the, in the, in the tournament. And he's been a big, big part of why we played mm-hmm. well and why and why the team has looked the way they the way they have looked. Uh, but obviously, Benchero, you know, he's a stud and he can do some phenomenal things. Uh, Wendell Moore has played solid all year. A- AJ Griffin is capable of having a huge game, and and, and Mark Williams is you know is is going to do what he does basically based off of what the other guys you know bring to the table. So they have a, they have a great. Great, great team and great situation, and and Trevor Kills is, is also a talented young guard who you know who can have a, who can have a big game as well. So they have capabilities of guys stepping up and and getting the job done. It's just now you have to go out and, and go out and do it. The guys have they have to go out and do it. From from the other side of the rivalry, being a being a Duke alum, um, what what have you thought? I guess of what you know Hubert Davis has been able to do, uh, really with kind of the turnaround since. Like mid February, when they were when they were struggling, and nobody would have thought that this UNC team would have ended up uh, where they are right now. Uh, normally, don't give compliments to Carolina guys. <laughs> no, 
But no, no, seriously, uh, yeah, he's done a <laughs> job. I mean, you have to you have to take your hats off to to him and what he's done this year. You know, there wasn't high expectations for this team. Uh, I don't think you know. I don't think that they thought they would start off the season the way they started either, being that, you know, they had some experience and they have a talented team as well. But uh, this team wasn't expected to start the year to be a, you know, a, a make a run at the Elite Eight or Final Four national championship type team. Nobody was talking about Carolina being that type of team. So uh, you have to you have to take your hat off to, to Hubert Davis for what he's doing this season in his first season at that uh, of running, you know, running a program like Carolina. Daniel, we're we're as guilty as anyone here of saying the words "down year" for the ACC. Did you ever happen? Did you ever think this season that it was a down year, or did you kind of expect that the cream would finally rise to the top come tournament time? No, I mean it is what it, is. it has been a down year for the ACC. You know, when we talk about the ACC as a whole, I mean, outside of maybe Carolina getting in there late, I don't, I'm not even sure they was the school that got in the late, but it kept, I mean, Duke, I mean, ACC only had like one team ranked in the national 25 basically all year. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's not like ACC conference to only have one team ranked in the national, I mean, in the top 25. So yeah, it was definitely a down year for the ACC. Uh, I guess, you know, as you, what I, what I always find interesting when you go to these final four games is, you're playing in a football stadium. Like you're not, you're not playing, uh, you're not playing on a typical basketball court. What kind of impact does that have on shooting? Do you think early in games? Cause I, you know, I just think about all the final four games we've seen and a lot of times they end up being kind of ugly. And I, I just, it's hard for me to, to think that that doesn't play some kind of role. Honestly. Uh, I mean, in my, in my, one season that I got a chance to be in those type of venues, uh, we played in the Georgia Dome in the in the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight rounds, and then for the Final Four that year, we was in the Alamo Dome. So two very, like you said, huge stadiums, uh, and it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. I think it, I think mostly though, for the most part, and it's not a shot at guys who really can't shoot, but I think it really affects guys who already are not good shooters. Uh, but for the most part, man, you, I mean, a guy who can shoot, they make that adjustment, you know, shoot arounds and the few practices that they have, a couple of practices that they have before the game. And then, you know, once you get the flow of the game, you, you know, you find, you find a way to find a, find a, find a way to make that ball get in the basket. This is a dumb question, but I've always been curious. Is it possible? Stop laughing, Ryan. Cause I've no, I, I, I is it possible for, a, a team to have fun at the final four or at a place like Duke, is it a business trip? You know, I've always wondered how that dynamic works when you finally reach that, you know, preset goal that Duke has of making it to a final four. Can you have fun? I think, and that's a great question. No, that's really a great question. It depends on the team and the experience, right? So uh, let's just use this Duke team for, for example. Uh, with them being young and having no one on the team having had this experience before, uh, you might want to try to, you know, make the atmosphere where, you know, where they're loose and, you know, and try to encourage them, hey, guys, like, you know, let's have fun. You know, and you try to take some of the pressure off of them in that sense. Or vice versa, you can be like, hey, guys, like, I really need you guys to lock in. You know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, this, you know, because making the 10 to 5 and 4 is not easy. 
like it's it's not guaranteed. So and you can kind of have that approach, like, hey man, let's go in here and, let, and let's let's take care of business. You know, let's let's block out all the distractions as much as we can, and let's take care of this business at hand, and you know, and and do what we came here to do. How uh, I guess you know, as a former player, you're not even going to play in this game. But how uh, <laughs> how anxious are you for Saturday night? And I, I I'm I'm really anxious. I'm really anxious. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, probably the most anxious I've been to watch a, a Duke game. Uh, not nervous, but just anxious. Like I said, this is this is the biggest Duke Carolina game, you know, to date. Uh, and so a lot is on the line. Uh, national championship opportunity coach case last you know last season final for a run it just a lot you know it's something epic this could be this could be a very classic epic game uh and and, and hopefully it, it falls in duke's favor i i don't want to be i don't want to play psychoanalyst or anything like that but i when i watched your former coach smile and celebrate at the end of the regional final last week I, I, I kind of raise my eyebrows at if he's happy and he's and he feels loose, this Duke team's got a very good shot in New Orleans. Um, is that fair to say? I mean, he looked like he was having fun with the basketball. And it's not always been like that, especially this season. Uh, I, I mean, I, like every season is a journey. And so, you know, I, he understands his team better than anyone does him and his coaching staffs. And so they've had their ups and downs. And, it, you know, he underst- he understands and understood that this was going to be a challenging season just from the, based on the fact of all the attention that he would receive because everyone knew it would be his last season coaching. And so, uh, you know, I think they've done a great job of, of handling and, and getting these guys prepared and giving these guys opportunity to, you know, to play well and, 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 and be in this situation. And here's the thing about the tournament, man. Any, I mean, like I said, it's just a matter of teams getting hot and coming together and finding that that chemistry to get on a roll at the right time. And and Duke, this Duke team has been talented, but that's basically that's all that's what they've done. They and as well as Carolina, like they found the right chemistry and the right, you know, and 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 gelling at the right time to make this run. I so we got I got one final question before we let you go. Uh-oh. So, as we as we fast forward ahead, into the game Saturday night, it goes Duke's favor. So, what's I know you have Carolina friends. So which uh, which ones are getting texts or phone calls from you if it goes Duke's way, or even vice versa? Which ones are you going to hear from if it goes the other way? So here's the thing: I don't even bother. Like, <laughs> Honestly, honestly, I don't bother to, to even to even be petty when we win against Carolina. It's expected, right? And honestly, it's just from it's expected. It's expected. So I it wouldn't be nothing for me to say to any of the Carolina guys if we win. Now, if they win, oh, I can. It's gonna be so much social media stuff and all this. You know, it's I'm, you'll see, like you'll see the difference. You'll see the difference if we win. It won't be nothing said about all you know. You beat Carolina. It's like, hey, man, we're going on to play for the national championship. If they win, it's going to be a lot said about them beating Duke. And they did it again to Coach K. And like, yeah, so it's it's, it's a difference. It is, it is <laughs> going to be the ultimate uh, the ultimate feather in the cap. I feel like though, for like pretty much all time in this rivalry, unless they were to unless they were to meet in a national championship one day. I mean, the bragging rights don't really get any bigger, right? 
Right. Like, like I say, yeah, <laughs> up to, to, the, to date, to, up to, <laughs> to this point, yeah, this is the biggest game. Like I said, and it's the first time that both teams has met in the tournament and for it to be in the final four, you know, under the circumstances that, you know, that we know that it's under. Yeah, outside of these two teams meeting in the national championship, like this is the biggest Duke Carolina game ever. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's. A, I don't think there's any question about that. Again, uh, we've been talking to uh, the former Duke star Daniel Ewing ahead of uh, tomorrow night's uh, Final Four matchup with Duke and UNC. We got to take another break here on franchise players. Uh, Daniel, appreciate you uh, you joining us uh, so much uh, today. Ryan and JP, man, thanks for having. And that's thanks, a good. Daniel. Again, that's good stuff from uh, from Daniel Ewing. We'll step aside for another break and come back here on Franchise Players. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Virginia, Ryan Stone, a special thanks again to Daniel Ewing for joining us today ahead of tomorrow's big Final Four matchup. It is that time again. Ryan, do you have any stone cold locks? I've only got two so far. Uh, check uh, check Twitter on Saturday because I'm sure there, there will be more uh, at Ryan Stone Sports. Um, but right now, uh, I've, I, right now I've got Kansas minus four in the first game for the final four. I think, uh, I, I think, you know, the way Kansas played in the second half of that Miami game, I think they really figured it out and really came together and all got on the same page. And the fact that, you know, Villanova is just so shorthanded. Um, I think, I think uh, Villanova is going to run out of steam in this one. So I think Kansas uh, will win. I do think it'll be relatively close, but I think they win by at least four points. So Kansas minus four. Uh, and then for the New Carolina game, I haven't decided which side I'm going to bet yet. The line is the same as that Kansas Villanova game. It's four for Duke right now. Uh, really? But I have I have made a prop bet for this game. Um, I, I have Brady Manick uh, going over two and a half made threes. And when I took it today or yesterday on Thursday, it was still at even money, uh, meaning that if you were to bet $10, you win $10, um, which I was surprised. Over two and a half made threes. He's hit this in every game in the NCAA tournament. And most games, he's made at least four. There's only been one game where he's made three. Uh, he's been on fire. They'll look to get him going. I think he's he's a, a real matchup problem, I think, for Duke because of his size and ability yep. to shoot it from deep. They, they, they can't. They can't stick Mark Williams on him because of Baycott, and it's hard for I think to put Bancaro on him to to uh, to follow him around. So I think it'll be AJ Griffin on him, and he's got you know three or four inches on AJ Griffin in terms of size. So I think he'll still get his shots. Uh, so I like Brady Manick to uh, to make over two and a half threes in this. And it's, so it's a and it's a four point spread. Four point spread as, in both games. I think it might be up to four and a half for Kansas, uh, but yeah, four, four, four and a half. A lot of points for that Duke Carolina game. I, I, I think, and that's why I haven't made a bet yet because I feel like it might come down. I feel like it's either going to stay right there, 
or it's going to come down. So that's why I haven't made a bet yet uh, in terms of uh, in terms of that game as far as the spread. Uh, I, that's okay. That's a that's a little concerning. Well, I get so that's a little weird. But then again, they that Las Vegas sure has some nice, expensive hotels. Um, <laughs> they build them with regularity too. That's right. Um, <laughs> do you have any sunshine or say Gatorade to spread? I've got both. Uh, oh, I want to hear. I want to hear both. We'll go with the Gatorade first. Um, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the way they have segued to uh, to head coach Todd Bowles. Yes. Uh, I think they have handled this masterfully. I don't even care if it was because Brady and Arians were had friction. I don't even care. Like, Doesn't matter. Todd Bowles was always going to be the next head coach unless he took another job somewhere else. I knew that the moment Bruce Arians hired him as defensive coordinator – that Todd Bowles was probably going to be the Buccaneers, the guy to succeed Bruce Arians. Um, he gets – and for what it's worth, by the way, people say, oh, yeah, he deserves another chance. They say it like he did a bad job with the Jets. Like he actually was pretty good with the Jets for what he had. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, the fact that – and Bruce Arians as well. I'm giving him a Gatorade bat because he has not only a great coach, you know, in terms of success on the field, what he's done with quarterbacks and all that, but – in terms of diversity in the NFL, uh, like the NFL acts like it's hard to get it right, but Bruce Arians seems to have a pretty easy time with it. Um, he hired the first woman as an assistant coach, and now he is he Todd Bowles was an assistant for him before. He helped Todd Bowles get that Jets job, and now he's passing the reins to uh, to Todd Bowles in a situation where he will be very successful with Tom Brady as his quarterback. So. Gatorade shower for the Bucks and for uh, for Bruce Arians. What are you hating on? Duke Carolina fans. Oh man! Now wait a minute. We've just done the entire show. No, no, no. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. All right, fine. I get it. You're anxious for the game Saturday night, but I saw so many of y'all not wanting this game to happen. Are you nuts? <laughs> Are you nuts? This is great. <laughs> this is this is great. And what kind of cowards are y'all for not wanting this game to happen? Do you not realize that if you win the game, it's the ultimate bragging rights? Scared money don't make no money. Stop being afraid. Oh, <laughs> scared money don't make money. I got you. Well, I too, though it may surprise them, I I too have some sunshine to spread. Oh. I'm going to give a Gatorade shower to the U.S. men's national team. The wait, 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 wait. They lost two to nothing to Costa Rica. Shut your harlot <laughs> mouth. Oh, boy. In doing so, they qualify for the World Cup. Along with which kind of makes me kind of shake a little bit because I, I just don't I don't I really think our our geographic region Cap is the, it should be all that but if anybody can make things difficult the US men's national team can <laughs> and just and going into Costa Rica to face the Ticos and only their job was to not lose by six. What a great opportunity that was. They only lost by two and they're in the World Cup after missing it last cycle. So kudos to coach Greg Burhalter and all the guys for making the world cup. 
but I got a laundry list of haterade here. We're, we're really congratulating. That, that's, that says a lot about men's soccer in the U.S. because we're congratulating. Silent. Be silent. Be silent. <laughs> in fairness, they did look great Sunday night against Panama. I will Absolutely. say that. Absolutely. The game that they had to actually win. Yes, they did look they great won. in that game. All right, let's see. I've got a list. I had to write this down, Ryan. First of all, fans who are hating on Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh for having Colin Kaepernick as a featured guest during spring practice. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, it's not so far out. It's not a political statement. Cap played with him and almost won him two Super Bowls for the, the 49ers. It's not that deep. Okay, it's fine. Stop hating on Kaepernick. He hasn't played in how many years is it now? Three? Yes, I believe so. Three years. Let him go to spring practice. It's fine. It's Michigan. It's not like it's varsity football anyway. Anyway, let's go to Wake Forest fans. Wake Forest fans have had some news this week that they've got, I think at last count, it was at least three players who have put their name into the NBA draft, but they have done so with uh, that leave. It gives them the option to come back and, you know, and still use their eligibility. They're not, they haven't pieced out yet. Okay. But Wake fans are melting down (laughs) after using the transfer after using I'm saying Wake fans I'm sorry to pigeonhole all of you some Wake fans are upset after making great use of the transfer portal to rebuild reconstruct the team that actually won games you shouldn't be mad at anything nothing I think I think if you're gonna if you're gonna throw that one in there I think you gotta throw the NC State fans in there too that are acting like the Manny Bates transfer is some kind of justification to fire Kevin Keats at this point because that is yeah. the dumbest, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like yeah, because I'm, I'm gonna just be real with you. I'm just gonna be real with the NC State fans that might be listening. You don't deserve Kevin Keats. He's too good for you in all honesty. So you might want to pipe down. Right. It's you know and. <laughs> You know, it's not, well, you know what? I'm going to leave the state fans alone because they already have to go through an entire week of watching the media fawn over Duke and Carolina. So I'm going to go ahead and leave this, and we're going to leave you. Who who are they rooting for? One more piece of haterade. (laughs) They're rooting for basketball season to end. (laughs) They're they're rooting for Kansas, I guess. My final piece of haterade before we sign off is for the WWE. Once upon a time, WrestleMania used to be a special event. Used to be one of the few pay-per-views throughout the year. Something to look forward to. Now, it's two nights. And it's two nights that caps off really nothing because there's a pay-per-view every freaking month. I am not excited to watch either night. I don't care that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be back. It's It's 2022. Why, why on earth is it that they schedule it for the final four weekend? It, the only thing that matters is the WWE and Vince McMahon's mind. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And you'd think he'd know better since he was he's from North Carolina. But whatever. Well, Also, he we lives are, in Connecticut where, you know, lives. UConn women's are playing in the, <laughs> the final four this weekend. Like at every, oh, yeah. Every season. One, like. more, one more bit of haterade. <laughs> NCAA. 
seeding committee for sending the, the number one seed North Carolina State to play in the Bridgeport region with number two seed Connecticut. Get out of here with that. No, nah, you know Get what? You know what? I'm going the other way on that. You know I'm what? tired of the complaint. I'm tired of the complaining about it. You would have had to beat them anyway. I understand you that. You, you just didn't deserve a national championship. It's okay. They were a great team. NC State was a great team. They lost to a better team. Boy, next time I'm just have you hit your head. <laughs> anyway, we are desperately out of time. Thanks so much once again, Daniel Ewing, for joining us on the franchise players. Um, uh, a little bit lesser bit of thanks for the boss man Desmond for joining us earlier in the show. Um, you know, I hope he can. Uh, you know, I almost hope Carolina just blows him out so he can, so he can stop. <laughs> being mental about this whole thing but stay tuned follow our social media to, um, for all of our programming we, obviously we got a lot going on so for our producer desmond my partner ryan stone this is jp monday saying hard work pays off dreams come true bad times don't last but bad guys just like ryan stone do thanks for listening have a great weekend